The, uh, the latest statistics show that Massachusetts is actually well ahead of the national average as far as vaccinations, those who've been fully vaccinated or those who have received at least one dose. 60- We're kicking ass. We are kicking ass. 65% of Massachusetts' population has been fully vaccinated as opposed to the national average, which is about uh, you know 48%, and 75% have at least one dose here in Massachusetts where the national average is about just over uh, just under 62%. But yet, uh, there's a lot of people that don't really have a, a full grasp or an understanding of what vaccinations really can do uh, in this pandemic. And on the phone this right now from Mercy Medical Center is Dr. Mark Kenton. Good morning, doctor. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on today. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm doing okay, despite knowing that uh, I can't be in a room with any metal because uh, the magnet in my arms now pull all of that metal <laughs> towards me. <laughs> And the glass fragments and everything else that yeah. goes with it. Right? Yeah, that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm planning on yeah. putting my children's uh, report cards on my chest with magnets. <laughs> you know, I, it's it's it, we're in a time with social media where everyone becomes an expert on, on these things, and and you, you know, you read about people doing their own research, and I, I and I look at that and thinking, well, are, are are you reading medical journals and 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 all the other things that are being passed along to us? Because I. I just kind of don't don't get that and and uh, concept and you know I've been I've been an advocate all along really working hard to try to educate you know people you know the need for the vaccinations and how we're going to get control of this virus even to the point when I think I was the second person at Mercy vaccinated and you know I did a Facebook live uh, feed of that and I think it had over ten thousand views at that point in time but really just trying to educate people you know, the need for this, because if we don't, if we don't get control of this, we're going to see more and more, you know, variants that come along, you know, Delta, there's concerns about Lambda. And, you know, that eventually, we're going to get something that's going to definitely evade the immune system or evade the vaccinations that we currently have. And, and, you know, that that's a scary concept to me. I've been dealing with uh, melanoma for eight years, and they've actually said to me that, you know, part of the issue that they're dealing with, the doctors, that is, is that there are not a lot of people out there who have lived this long to know what all the side effects are. When people talk about, well, you know, this drug is too new and we don't know what's going to happen five, eight, ten years down the road, is that true or or do we even now have a pretty good idea that there's not going to be long-term side effects? Yeah, I think that we have a pretty good idea. You know, these while they're new to the public, these have been studied really for the last nearly 20 years, the, the mRNA you know, vaccination you know, concept. And, you know, we just, we, we got to a point where we had to, you know, bring it rapidly to the public because, you know, honestly, our, our, our hospitals are full of, of patients with unvaccinated patients with COVID, you know, but we're not seeing patients being admitted to the hospital with vaccine complications. And, you know, I think that while while our state's done very well with vaccinating people, you know, our, our healthcare system in general is at a significant crisis. When you look at across the whole southern part of, of the country, you know, a, a family friend with a 42-year-old cousin in North Carolina who, who needed ECMO, who needed a bypass machine a few days ago, and they reached out to me if I knew anywhere they could get this this uh, poor guy because there was nowhere in North Carolina that could take him. And they found maybe one hospital in San Antonio, Texas, and maybe one in Delaware. 
um, you know, we've had one of our sister hospitals in Connecticut, you know, hospitals from Oklahoma reaching out to us to to try to transfer patients. I mean, that's that's the reality of what's going on, you know, nationwide, you know, in, in the country right now, and why and why this is so important to keep pushing, you know, the need for vaccination. So, you know, I truly believe they're safe. I, when I'm when I'm able to get the booster shot, I'll be first in line to get that. When my children are able to get vaccinated. You know, I'll have them first in line to get vaccinated. It's, you know, the biggest concern I have is that, you know, while I'm vaccinated right now, you know, I could still get it, but it decreases your risk of hospitalization. It decreases your risk of dying. But that doesn't mean that I can't take it home to my family still and to my children, you know, where they could go to school and spread it to other children as well. So, uh, you, you know, that's that's kind of how we're looking at this. Yeah, do we know the true side, ter- long-term side effects eight to ten years down the road? We don't, but we do know what COVID is doing to people right now. This is uh, Dr. Mark Kenton on the phone. You know, it, it, you know, to me, if if you got uh, like a C minus or less in high school science, I'm not typically one to hear your side about understanding science. Um, but you know, to me, it's like what we're seeing is something unprecedented. Like we've never, you know, the, the, the U.S. population, the world population for that matter, has never had to deal with real-time science as it unfolds, no. like you're seeing, you know, right now. Obviously with vaccinations, there's a lot of questions. And some people say, well, we, you know, we rushed through this through this thing. But like you said, you know, there have been, you know, studies on these kinds of medications for a long, long period of time. And you're seeing these mutated virus, uh, you know, variants that are that are popping up. I mean, you look at some of these states and, you know, their vaccination rates are 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 terrible. I mean, you know, Mississippi, 35 percent, Alabama, 34 percent. It's like you know, this is so politicized. And as a doctor, so you're just you're just trying to save lives. So how do you reconcile to some with someone who is steadfastly against the idea of of getting themselves, uh, you know, vaccinated in this? How, I mean, how do you even deal with that? You know, honestly, it's t- it's sitting down and taking time to try to educate them. And I guess I'm a little more fortunate in my role, having an administrative role, you know, at Mercy as chief. One of the things that I do, I walk, I actually walk through our waiting room multiple times a day and sit down with people, hand out my business card, talk to people. And, and ask them if they've been vaccinated, you know, and have you, why, what are the reasons why you haven't been vaccinated? What are your, what are your fears? And I also do tell them, we can vaccinate you today before you leave, if they meet certain criteria, if they don't have an acute illness. And, you know, I, I have found, you know, I can, I can tell you in my last two shifts that I've worked on each shift, I've had one person on each shift that's, that's agreed to get vaccinated. And, you know, that to me, is that that's a huge accomplishment because that person now getting vaccinated may actually save the life of someone else by by not by by not spreading it to to, to another patient. So it, it really comes down to simply, you know, trying to educate people and give them the right facts, the right science behind this, you know, and the and, and the right information. Um, there's just too much spread out. And like you said, it has been politicized. You know, I look at people saying, well, it's, it's taking away my freedom and my rights. And I think about it, what we're going through right now. And I look at what's happened, for example, in Afghanistan. Those are people that have lost their rights, that have lost their freedoms. You know, wearing a piece of cloth over your face, 
you know, to protect other people is not a loss of right. It's not a loss of freedom. Simply protecting humankind and the people around you, your people, your loved ones, you know, your family members, your children, your children, especially the ones that can't get vaccinated right now. And 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 that's really what we're looking to do. We were talking uh, yesterday. There was a story about uh, how lucky we were last year. It was the least uh, bad, if that's a proper term. Uh, flu season because we were wearing masks and a lot of people didn't get the flu. And now that the flu season is coming along and, and from that conversation, we went off into talking about things like shingles. Now, like I mentioned, I mean, I'm immunocompromised. I got vaccinated for COVID, uh, as soon as I could, but yet admittedly, I don't get the flu shot. I haven't had the, the, the shingles vaccine. Am I in essence, defeating the whole purpose of getting the COVID vaccine if I'm not going to get those as well? I don't know if you're necessarily defeating the purpose of the COVID vaccine. However, if you get the flu, for example, and you get hospitalized, the COVID vaccination is not 100%, so you still could get COVID. So, and we don't, honestly, I don't, I don't know if we truly know the full effects if you have COVID with influenza, because for example, last year at Mercy, we did not see one documented case, one documented case of the flu, you know, here, and it simply was because people were masking. We didn't see, we weren't seeing RSV in children, but yet, you know, this year it's going to be different because people aren't masking. So we know we're going to see the the flu. We know we're going to see RSV in children. Um, actually, one of my partner's sons. Uh, he's, he's a year old, just got admitted in, in, in Boston a Children's Hospital for RSV. So we, we know these things are, are going to come about. So I, I think it's important to get vaccinated for, you know, for influenza this year simply to protect your spell, yourself, especially when you're in an immunocompromised state like, like you are, John, like, you, like you've said. You know, it, it's protecting yourself in every way possible. It doesn't mean you're not going to get it, but you're going to be less likely to get acutely ill, need that hospitalization, and potentially die from this. Let's let's talk uh, you know, briefly about what's specifically going on at uh, at at Mercy, with with a sixty five percent of Massachusetts population being fully vaccinated, and you're hearing these stories about how you know emergency rooms are being completely overloaded. And yeah. uh, hospitals have a hard time keeping up with the demand of care. Are you finding that to be the case at uh, at Mercy? Absolutely, and it's not only here; it's it's all of the local hospitals around us as well. Um, other local hospitals having record daily volumes. You know, our our volume during COVID, you know, at times dropped down to seventy two patients a day. We were averaging about one hundred and ten patients per day because people stayed home, and we actually we didn't know where appendicitis went, and where the heart attacks went, and where the strokes went. I guess they they all just stayed home, but. <laughs> You know, so the patients we were seeing were were COVID patients, the the walking wounded COVID and the really sick COVID. You know, but then as our volumes started coming back up, now we're seeing COVID patients. We're seeing, you know, the the medical illnesses. We're and and we're also dealing with a, with a, a incredible fatigue amongst our own staff. You know, and this is not only locally, but this is nationwide that people are leaving healthcare. Nurses are nurses are leaving. We had we had a nurse this week, an unbelievably talented nurse who actually sang in our lobby last year, made it made a national news on CNN and Fox with with you know singing and, and, and you know when we were labeled as healthcare heroes at that point in time. And she gave her resignation last week because she she just can't do it anymore and she's scared about taking things home to her family. And wouldn't you know two weeks before she she is leaving, she tests positive. Mm. 
for COVID Jeez. for the first time in 18 months. She tests positive and has to cancel her bridal shower. But her own mindset is like, I have to cancel my bridal shower, but there are people much more worse than off than I am. But, you know, we're losing unbelievably talented people in this field, and not just locally, but nationwide, because it's become it's become so difficult to, to care for the, the, the volume of patients and the acuity of patients that we're seeing. We're seeing a much higher volume and a much higher acuity of, of patients, and also dealing with the regular volume that we had, you know, previously that's now, that's now come back to us. I remember... Um... But, I remember watching the news like last month, and I didn't have the sound on. And uh, all of a sudden, it said uh, Mercy Hospital, Springfield. And uh, when I turned the news on, I, when I turned on the sound, I realized, did you know there's a Mercy Hospital in Springfield, Missouri? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Mercies around. Yeah, but I mean, in yeah. another in another Springfield. I thought no, that another was another Springfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was weird. So when, yeah, I didn't know that. When you talk about the uh, you know having enough staff, I saw a story the other day that said Rhode Island uh, has changed the legislation a little bit so that retired medical workers can go back in and work mm-hmm. without affecting their pensions. Um, and, and I know that probably our, you know, my niece just graduated from nursing school and, and I know she's already, they're trying to rush people in and I don't necessarily mean they're not qualified, but they, they don't have the experience yet, but you really do need all hands on deck, right? We absolutely do. And actually they've, they've just changed, I believe, uh, this week, you know, some of the licensing criteria to kind of fast track licenses for, you know, like travel nurses that can come in, you know, we have, and and honestly, this is something that we've looked into, you know, from, from hiring physicians to get, uh, to get a physician hired, you know, for example, if I want to bring someone in from an outside state to get a Massachusetts license for me to get a, a physician onboarded at the hospital takes nearly a year for for a physician to get a Massachusetts license and get and get them on board. You know, I had a physician that wanted to come to Mercy, and I had to tell him, "Look, it's going to be probably next June before you can start working." You know, so even I, when I'm going out and recruiting new new physicians to bring in, I'm I'm at this point really isolated simply to Massachusetts because I need someone that already has a Massachusetts license that I can get up and running. So there's so, so many different variables that come into play when you're trying to bring, you know, people into your system. Meanwhile, and I was I had an appointment with my physician a week ago that I had to reschedule and the next possible date was in February. Correct. Yeah. Uh, is right. that is that yeah. due to a when you know when you talk about people not going to the doctors now because of the fear of catching something uh, if I have to wait six months for a rescheduled physical, is that because there aren't enough physicians or are there, in fact, too many people going to the doctors? I, I think we have uh, we, we've had a shortage of physicians and a shortage of, uh, of nurses, you know, especially in Massachusetts. But really, from a primary care standpoint, you know, from a from a physician standpoint for for a long period of time, it's been very difficult to recruit people, you know, to this area. So now compound, you know, a pandemic on top of that, and the fact that for a year, you know, everything was being done through Zoom, and um, no one was being seen, and now 
you have a bunch of providers that are really trying to catch up on their patient population, you know, it you can only see so many people during a day. And, um, you know, it, it, it's pushing these appointments out, you know, far, farther out for people. So it's, and then what happens is that patients come to the emergency department and no fault of them, but they, patients need their blood pressure medication refilled. They need to get, they need to get some of these routine, routine things checked. So we become a primary care standpoint, you know, as well, in addition to taking care of that additional volume. Um, you know, it it, it 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 just adds to the complexity of the overall uh, problem. You know, two times during this pandemic, I've uh, I've had to get tested because I, I yeah. came down with something. It was you know it, whether it was just a cold or or allergies. It's like you know you have these symptoms and you can't be sure that it is Correct. or it isn't, and you can't just assume. Oh, I must not have it. I'm sure it's just a I'm sure it's just a sore throat. But you know, there are a lot of people that are you know experiencing those symptoms and not getting tested. And as a result, they may or may not even realize that they've been exposed. The importance of getting tested, you know, you don't hear many people talking about that as much now as you did, say, you know, six or seven months ago. But the reality is it's just as important to get tested even if you have the most obscure possibility of of, of contracting a symptom. It's it, To me, it's like a crucial piece that we are starting to overlook now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because especially amongst the vaccinated population, you know, you most of those people are getting mild symptoms, but they can still spread it. So you can spread that to people that are unvaccinated, that are immunocompromised, that to children under 12 that are are not vaccinated, you know. And we're seeing pediatric intensive care units across the country that are full. They're full of sick children, which is different from the first time around. You know that you know that 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 population seemed to be spared, um, and uh, I think there's multiple reasons why it was spared. I think I think this is a one that's a different variant, but also, you know, we we weren't doing sports, we weren't you know school wasn't in in play, um, so I, th- I think there's multiple reasons for that. But but you those mild symptoms could you know you know, cause the death of someone else. So it's it's just as important to get tested now. I don't know. I think I've I've swabbed been swabbed probably a good twenty five times, you know, because, you know, I could have something that, that, you know, I need to stay home and, and can't be around people that I'm working with, you know. And, you know, we have healthcare providers that are testing positive now, um, that are in full PPE, that are util, you know, utilizing PPE but but are still getting this too. And that and that's again, that's not just local, that's a nationwide issue. Dr. Mark Kenton from uh, Mercy Medical Center, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you. And listen, guys, just a quick shout-out to all the teachers that are going back today as well because, you know, they have a huge responsibility not only educating our students but also keeping them safe. And that's, it's just I think that's something that goes overlooked. So I want to say thank you to them as well. All right, doctor. Thank you. Now see the uh, see the receptionist on your way out. <laughs> <laughs> For the bill. Yep. Yeah, yeah. right. It's Bax and O'Brien, a Rock One Hundred Two.